This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. So you guys wondering when the Flyers are finally going to get this kid, Ural Blatera, a shot at making the roster. I think it's his time. Give Yuri a chance. Well, yeah. I, I, we're going to get to the point where everybody on Earth has a show eventually. If they're going to keep adding channels, you know, and they start throwing in 15-minute shows. I mean, we should get in on it. Oh, 100%. We, ha- we could have tens of viewers right now. We, you think we're a UPN show? Like a WB? Kind of CW feel? Or do you think we're a... You think we could uh, get on FS1? I think so. Right after I've... right after Angel. <laughs> oh, on UPN? Yeah, no, I was thinking... noted Flyers fan David Boreanaz can lead into us. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna, that was going to be my FS1 pitch was between Coward and uh, Clay Travis or Travis Clay or whatever that guy's name is. We'll just have uh, Dave Boreanaz come on. <laughs> Talk about villains, and then we'll uh, still make fun of Andrew McDonald, and that'll be the whole show. Big bucks. Oh, the biggest bucks right there. <laughs> Huge bucks. Huge fucking bucks. I, are you excited for tomorrow? I'm, I'm pretty excited tomorrow? for tomorrow. I mean, it's been tempered by a lot of the decisions made recently. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, for, I'm excited yeah. just to have relevant hockey back in my life. Relevant Flyers hockey. That's what I'm excited for. And I'll That's be honest with you. actually the team slogan this year is relevant Flyers hockey. <laughs> no, as we all know, it's it's fly or die, which is and uh, something. Well, it kind of feels like the uh, indicators land towards one of those right now, as we're about to talk oh, about wow. the opening roster. And uh, Stephen, you ready? These are the players that made the opening roster. I'm and we'll talk about. So ready. I've been on the verge of death for a week and a half, and. Yeah, I've never been yeah, more know, ready to hear about a Philadelphia Flyers roster. Let, let Steve, before we do this, let's get into the last two weeks because I want, I want the people to know we've been fucking sick. I was sick for two weeks. I've been fine for like a week, but my throat still hurts or something. I don't know. Um, the Eagles played the Lions. I went to tailgates. I came home. My back was hurting. That's not good. Woke up Monday morning. Holy shit! My back's completely pulled out. Worked from home. Started feeling bad. Tuesday I woke up. My back was still out, and I had a cold. Great day. Wednesday, <laughs> back slightly better. Cold horrendous. Thursday, functional enough to get through a work day, just barely. Yeah, and also it was the Eagles, and we're playing that night, and then uh, and then we did uh, we had some. Uh, Perhaps it was the Eagles Lions game that really made me truly sick, and then the Eagles I mean, beating the Packers brought me back to life somewhat. I will say that is my emotional timeline as well, because I was pretty deflated after the Lions game. And then uh, suddenly think the birds can do it all again. Who after loses that game. to the Detroit Lions? Uh, yeah. Not are they? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, are, maybe they're good this year? I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs, so that's... Yeah, and the Chiefs they're, not, they're not doing too bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah. the birds won. I'm, I'm back. Really, I just started coming back a, a couple days ago. Like, I even through the weekend, was just not feeling good. Whatever bug I picked up was just horrible. So uh, that's why no podcast last week. And 
We tried to record earlier this week, but poor old Yeller, my 10-year-old iMac, is just, take it out. you know. It, it, take it out to the street and shoot it. I'm going to have to take Get it out it. to the street and shoot it because it just restarted on me in the middle of recording. Like, Craig went on talking for another 20 minutes. while Going on about God knows what. God yeah. knows what. And I just, it, the poor the poor old guy was working great, but. Except for these like weird software errors, which completely destroy podcast work. <laughs> it's working great, it, except when it isn't. Yeah, but look, folks, it is what it is, and we are here right now. And I am happy to inform you that all the kids we wanted to see on the roster will not be there come Friday. <laughs> so let me. And Craig, do they have enough forwards to make a full roster yet? Well, now they do. So this is the whole thing. We, we almost, to early. You, you yeah. listeners almost heard an epic rant from me about the oh, fact yeah. that the flyers that you've been anticipating. Imagine going to this Prague trip, okay, and spending thousands of dollars to go see the flyers play abroad. You're very excited. And then you find out the, the friggin' flyers did not have enough forwards for the <laughs> season opener because Chuck Fletcher, Chucky Two Trades, has just bungled his way with the cap. Yeah, he's he's made sweet, messy love to that cap space, and there's nothing left. So, but the so according to the website, going off of Steve's points here, there are eleven forwards, seven defensemen, two goalies, and then three uh, roster injured non-roster players. Which one of those three will now play? And it is Tyler Pitlick. So now they do have 12 forwards ready to to play but to go off of what uh, the, the website offered earlier this week uh okay, the... wait wait so i know nolan patrick's got migraines which is just horrible and i i know pitlick because he Buddy. has his great barbecue it's your other man of the hour the one you, you've been loving talking about for the last couple of days i don't i can't think of another guy who could possibly be on this <laughs> roster uh initials also pair with a famous root beer company Former Anaheim Ducks defenseman, you will never remember his name outside of this one episode. Marks? Probably won't talk. <laughs> Good old Andy Wolinsky. <laughs> Who is Andy Wolinsky? Who is Andy Wolinsky? I, you're saying this name. I don't. I have absolutely no idea. There is a man on the Flyers roster named Andy Wolinsky. Are you serious right now? Yeah, he was part of the eight AHL defensemen the Flyers signed on uh, July 1st or whatever. Yeah, you know, he was he was slipped in there. He he shouldn't be here now, but he decided to get hurt in camp, and now he decided to complicate cap issues uh, more so than the Flyers already had. So yeah, he's he's there. So good, good. This is, <laughs> this is perfect. Noam Patrick, Noam Patrick. Uh, yeah, so those are the two inter non roster players. We'll start there. Yes, Andrew Walensky with uh, who cares? And then Noam Patrick is week to week with migraine disorder, which to me. Sounds fucking serious. Uh, evidently, not too, too serious, I guess, because uh, good old Sam Carcitti, an actual good update, uh, responded to our Sammy. Uh, good old John Sequela. Uh, Sammy says, uh, quote, Fletcher said today he doesn't like to use LTIR unless it's absolutely necessary. He also said it's, quote, possible Patrick will be back before the 24-day 10-game uh, window, and he'll know more when they get back to Philly. So, again, but the thing we've been hearing about this trip to Prague is, They'll figure out the cap situation and Nolan Patrick wants to get back to Philly. So pretty much right now, like the next 48 hours, everything's going to get real fucking weird. But evidently after that, it'll all get cleared up. I think the cap issue is part of the reason why we may not be big fans of the opening night roster, which 
After the tenth time of alluding to it, I'm actually gonna run through the names here. Steve, are you ready? Oh, I've never <laughs> okay. been more ready. So Andy Walensky is your new captain. Andy Walensky's captain. Tyler Pitlick rocking the double A. They're giving him all the alternate captains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh and then Nolan Patrick was uh the other injured non roster player. Forwards, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, JVR, Kevin Hayes, Jake Voracek, Oscar Limblom, Scott Lawton, Michael Raffle, and then two new faces and Carson Torinsky and Connor Bonneman. 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 Now, ideally, uh, you know, you would like to see a Farabee here. I would have liked to see a Farabee on the third line or Frost even or Ratcliffe or Rusoff or whatever. Then on the fourth line, I don't really hate the idea of Torinsky or Bonneman on the wing, uh, but I would have preferred NAK. I think that's my final conclusion is I would have wanted Farabee on the third line wing and NAK on the fourth line wing. It sounded like NAK along with uh, Verobio for just kind of out of the running for a roster spot in opening night just because they didn't fit the uh, archetypes of what AV pictures in the bottom six, I guess. Which is always a good Big thing. Al. Big Al knows what he wants in his bottom six, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. And we're all going to uh, quote-unquote enjoy it, which we'll, we'll fucking say. Uh, Connor Bunneman, too. I thought he had a pretty good camp. Carson Zewitzki had a good camp, too, but he had a really good camp last year and then didn't do shit in the AHL. So I'm kind of curious to see if he stays relevant and consistent throughout the start of the season here or if he is a guy that just happens to be on the opening night roster because they sincerely ran into cap issues and want to get back to Philly. Fairby and Myers are up, and Torinsky and somebody else are, are gone. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, well, I mean, oh. I will say Torinsky and, and Bundeman really had a I nice think, camp and yeah. it, it's I'm glad for them. I'm happy for them, but it is kind of bullshitty that Farabee or Frost is not up here because that was the expectation. That's what people wanted to see. And yeah. you know, the yeah, fan base is maybe unjustifiably in some cases, but there definitely is a, a sense of urgency with uh, development or re- not necessarily urgency, but just people, their patience has run out for yeah, the yeah. development side of it. And it's not fair for like a 19-year-old Farabee necessarily, but people want to see these prospects play and this seem like a prime opportunity. And it's definitely a disappointment, even if it's just for the first game, to not have a Farabee or a Frost on this roster. Yeah. And uh, speaking to your point, uh, point about the development and everything, I mean, I part of the reason why people got irritated with Hextall and the reason why... I think the franchise one Hextall gone was a lot of the hope around the Hextall era was just building the pipeline and putting a lot of hope and patience into the prospects. And then when he left, it was, oh, well, he let him marinate in the AHL too long and they didn't call him up quick enough. And like, we want to see these kids in the league. And then all summer we're here, Fletcher and AV talking about how Farabee and Frost are going to fight for a position on the team. And then, you know, 24 hours before the opening game, they decide that Tyler Pitlick, who hasn't been in camp all season, is going to start, which feels very much like a Hackstall reaching back for a Laterra type feeling. And it's just like, well, if, you know, the last five years, six years, Flyers fans have been patient with waiting for the prospects to kind of pan out and kind of wait for the process to move along. And then when you fire that GM, they're bringing a new guy to speed along the process. And we just lose all the cap space we had. And then we still can't get the players we want onto the roster for guys like Pitlick and, you know, Raffle and guys like that. Well, then, like, why 
what are what are fans going to be excited about? I guess or like why like what's supposed to be different about this team than last year's team in terms of handling the roster? I don't know. It it's I, I it's kind of discouraging that Fairbear Frost are on this team. I understand the cap implications, but fucking we've been saying all summer. Like the cap, the cap shit was going to come back and bite them. And I know they had to go going out and signing Hayes. Uh, that's a must. I'm not going to hold that against them. I we can get into how much they paid for him. And like I was saying before, I really don't think it's a major overpayment. I don't think that was a problem, and I don't think it's a problem extending Konechny or Provorov. But at the same time, you do stupid shit like you don't need to throw an extra over a million dollars to the Capitals for Gudis to help them get out of the cap situation. You don't need to buy out AMAC. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that's $1.166 million in cap space that you don't have right now. And then also, the one that I the one I sincerely don't understand was the Schlumpko buyout. And I know that sounds crazy, but you went out and you signed guys like Andy Wolanski and Nate Prosser and Chris Bigra to be those guys that are above average in the AHL. And when you need them in a pinch, you can call them up to the NHL. There's not really a huge spectrum of skill difference between all those guys. You could have just kept Slumko and not waste an extra contract on one of those guys. And then you have almost an extra million dollars in cap space and you don't have the extra year of it impacting the cap. Like why? These are all minor things that during the time you and I pointed out and we're like, hmm, maybe we could use that cap space. And then in the same fucking summer, it's coming back and handicapping them in terms of what they could do on the opening night roster, which is just... Like, out of all of the things, like uh, the players make the opening roster and everything, for me, it's the cap space and how people just kind of downplayed the importance of cap space overall. And then in one summer, we lost it to add Niskanen, Hayes, and Braun, which. Always I mean, a big fan of just downplaying the cap space, saying, what is uh, it? I, what, what, why are you holding on to it if you're not going to spend it? What's the point? Love that argument. So good. La chef's kiss. Yeah. It's working yeah. out great, guys. And I, I, I'm fine with the spend to the cap space thing. But, you know, if you're going to take away $20 million in cap space or whatever, I I want it to be a little bit more than Niskan and, and, and Braun on the back end, I guess. Braun, by the way, Braun, I think I'm going to be fine with Braun. His, his numbers weren't great in San Jose, but I think we discussed why. And uh, BSH Radio just discussed it too that justin braun's relative underlying numbers were bad but anybody that was in justin braun's role was going to look bad because he didn't play with brent burns and eric carlson so when you're not on the ice with them and you're getting your stats compared to them you're probably going to come out on the wrong side of underlying stats which is what happened to justin braun and i think he can be a nice like support player for ghost but niskanen looks more and more like it I mean, he's it's got like that was a bad trade. Yeah, he's got more mobility than Gudis, but uh, I don't know. He he's made some nice plays uh, throughout preseason. And I just the way they're trying to work him into the lineup. I don't know. Which, by the way, let's go through the rest of the defensemen, the goalies, and then talk about the starting line real quick. So, seven defensemen, and it sounds like they're Robert Hag, Matt Niskanen, Shane Gossesphere, Justin Braun, Sam Marin. So I think the big surprise there would be Sam Marin, which, again, might be a working the cap situation until they get back to Philly. And then the goalies are Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, which are kind of expected. But Yeah, that, that's maybe uh, the most expected. Yeah, the like only thing that really played out on the script this year. Yeah, <laughs> I think 
And when I look at AV's made a big deal about carrying eight defensemen, so I think that's why Myers isn't on the NHL roster, but he's still over there practicing with them. Uh, and let's see what else on defense. I mean, yeah, the so the Niskanen issue, and we'll talk about the Lions. These are the Lions today, according to Adam Kimmelman, who then tweeted out that AV said that these were the Lions for the game uh, tomorrow. Uh, on defense, it's Ivan Provorov and Justin Braun, Robert Hag. Uh, and Ghost, and then Sanheim and Niskanen on the third pair. Now, Sanheim Niskanen can I can see that working, um, but everybody like they tried pairing with Wag for one of the post preseason games. I don't I don't think that is going to work at all. And then I think I mean Pro Pro Rough Niskanen you would hope is like that pair that can log twenty five minutes a night and just kind of take on the toughest competition of the other team, but I feel like that's a team that I mean, I feel like that's a tandem that could uh kind of get pushed around a little yeah. bit. I don't know. Yeah, like it because I mean Pro Ralph's underlying numbers haven't been great and Niskanen's kind of been taking a nosedive the last couple of seasons. So you put them out there together. It could be a thing where I test wise it looks like they're doing a lot of defensive work like blocking shots and clearing the puck and everything, but they're probably gonna spend most of the time in the D zone and not push and play the other way uh you want to hear these uh, uh forward lines steve because they're, oh, they're something baby do i, I do I, i'm interested in the second line besides that uh no thank you uh first line drew hayes Voracek. interesting yeah it's uh second, got potential yeah second line limblom katoria connectney that line i think could fuck i want to see that line tomorrow well, that right. might be it you've got jerk store on the right side uh really just mucking it up and jerking it up jerking it yeah, up yeah Doing jerk stuff. You're, thankfully, you said up there and not a different word. But, <laughs> um, and you've got Limblom and Katori, who are guys who just can control the flow of the game. and Yeah. yeah, Pretty much the same player. Yeah. So it's just going to be Limblom and Katori doing all the dirty work and then connect me, firing the puck home. So we'll see how that works. Uh, JVR, Lawton, Torinsky. feel like we're wasting JVR there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like, ooh. And then uh, Raffle Bunham and Pitlick is what would you call the fourth line in the NHL? That feels about right. So that's. Why don't you just I, Sam Moore in there? <laughs> yeah, see what happens. I mean, let him be the. Uh, yeah, you want a big guy up front. Just let him get there and stand in front of the net. Do that weird thing that teams do with Char and Pronger on like five on three power plays. You know, just put him in front not? of the net. Just turn him into a big buff at this point. What. What else is he gonna do? Because it doesn't even look like he's gonna make this team as the, yeah. in the bottom pairing. You know, like he's barely gonna be a press box guy. He's only here because he would probably get claimed in waivers. Probably. Uh, I think he is waiver. No, actually, I don't know. I don't think he is waiver exempt anymore. I gotta check that real quick. Let's see what works. I'm looking up. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 roboted okay. for a second, but we're okay. Um, yeah, well, do you think like Paul Holmgren is there and he's like, you better not, you better keep Sam Moore and he's got a chance. All right. Like Holmgren just, there's no giving up on that. That guy is sticking with Sammy until the end of the time. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be the only person I uh, was running in the area there. By the yeah, way. The, yeah, he the, is. The earth he... will be, do- the sun will be consuming the earth and Paul Holmgren will be somewhere going, Hey. He's still got a shot. What if, by the way, he, he would have to go through waivers, so he's not waiver exempt, which makes sense because he's like he's got to be like 40 by now. He's but like could 65 you, years old at least. What if, uh, like, just this 
AV and Fletcher just aren't feeling too great about him, and he just ends up not panning out during his contract. And like the the closest he comes to the NHL is just being like the eighth man on defense during practices. What if that was just the first round pick the Flyers invested in in twenty? <laughs> good time. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. But yeah, listen, a- you should interpret this as we do not want him to succeed. We don't. This is clearly us rooting against him. We don't want him to succeed. We hate his guts. No, that's not the case. We just don't just don't think he's got it. By the Prove way, uh, going through the rest of the uh, the lineup here. So the power play units, uh, the first unit was Ghost, Borachek, JVR, Hayes, Giroux. Second unit was Niskanen, Proveroff, Limblom, Katoria, and Konechny. Now, you'll notice that Proveroff is still getting power play time, which... I, you know, there's a lot of things I argue that Proveroff's good at. I would say manning the power, uh, manning the point on the power play is not one of them. Not uh, no saying that. But hey, 17 goals a couple years ago. That's <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so that's not that's bad. That's true. We yeah. did do that, but it's he just doesn't look comfortable in the role. No, he, yeah, and especially and it's, compared it's, to it's baffling. You've got Ghost and Sanheim. You've got two right. guys who are basically made for this, and it's like, right. nah, yeah, yeah, like I. Not having Sanheim on one of the two power play units is it's a choice. It's a choice that I I don't I don't get. I, I don't know what is with Sanheim that old hockey men just aren't <laughs> like I, I when you watch Sanheim, there really aren't too many flaws to his game. There's nothing to his game that makes you say, I want this guy on the ice less. And Rick Wilson came in, watched him for three days, and then was like, Yeah, you guys should probably play him. And then they played him and he played great. And now we're back here where he apparently is not going to be on the power play, which we thought. You know, I think Flyers fans in general made two huge assumptions that maybe we didn't think would even be up for question, which was Sanheim was going to get, you know, work on the power play this year. And then, I mean, well, I, I thought Phil Myers, I didn't think there was a question Phil Myers would be on the team coming into this year, but I guess I didn't really factor in the whole um, notion that he is, he doesn't have to clear waivers. And also, he really didn't prove himself last year, and then he didn't have the best camp this year. So, uh, yeah, but these lines, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't like the... Uh, Not great, Bob. I don't like... Like, how often were Drew, Hayes, and Voracek, or Limblom, Katori, and Konechny together during, like, practice or preseason or camp this year? That, I think that's my big thing, is you're, you're switching up these lines and they're throwing it out there for game one in what's already going to be an uncomfortable environment. I imagine just being on a different continent, uh, playing in a completely different place. Like it, it's a weird thing to kind of throw on a team at this point in the season. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll fucking see. But... We'll fucking see. <laughs> yeah. You're and 2019, again, it 2020 flyers. We'll fucking gets, see. It gets a little, you know, you move Lawton down, you got JVR Patrick Terensky on the third line. Or maybe, you know, imagine JVR Patrick Farabee on the third line. And then Raffle Lawton Terensky on the fourth line. Okay. Then that, to me, that looks a little better. But I want to, there's a lot of assuming that once the, the team gets back to Philly, AV is going to make the moves to add these kids to the roster. And I feel like we've been assuming a lot out of AV and not doing that whole you know, dunking on the kids thing. And there's, it, it feels like it hasn't exactly, I don't know, gone to plan this summer. Mm-hmm. It, it, he keeps talking about playing the kids and everything. And then, you know, we're getting pit like in the lineup on Friday instead of 
Faraby Frost, it's, whoever else. It's almost like these older coaches, you know, tend to rely on vets wherever possible and don't necessarily want to play the kids. Speaking of vets, Chris Stewart's still with the it's team. It's almost like all coaches do that. Yeah, it's almost like all of them do it, yeah. Yeah, it's just a... I mean, I'm still... I want to actually see some games still from AV. Uh, I, some people are getting really pumped about them. I'm just not... I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's, Let's do see that what happens. Yeah, We've been doing the whole waiting to see what happens all summer, and now we're less than 24 hours away. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And then once they... Uh, Time to fly or die, baby. Oh, baby! Uh, I feel speaking... like I need a, a motorcycle revving up sound effect here. like, And maybe like... <laughs> Maybe like some Motley Crue starts up. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you say that, and then like the beginning of like Sad but True starts playing or something dumb. Sad or something, but True. Some shitty kid rock song. <laughs> or well, actually. Oh, but my name is Big Al. Uh, if one team in the NHL was Kid Rock, what team would it be? Like, based on personality or based on, like, the team's logos and... Based on personality and the feelings that their fans give off and everything. Just completely... I feel like it's gotta be, like, the Blues. Ooh, the Blues are a good one. The Blues are a good one. Yeah, they got that nice Midwest feel. Um, the Blues? I guess Columbus, right? I mean, it is Ohio. And uh, but does I don't think Kid Rock's got a massive inferiority complex. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got, I mean, uh, well, let me put it this way he's much more confident, even if it's unearned, than the entire okay. city of Columbus. Unearned confidence, like if, if Pittsburgh but, hadn't won championships, they'd be perfect, but they've, yeah. you know, they unfortunately the back. Well, let's see. So, Kid Rock would be a team that has under and confidence, like a team that everybody's really confident in, but they haven't done shit yet. So they're the uh, they're the Maple Leafs. Kid Rock is the Toronto Maple oh, Leafs. There we go. Kid Rock is the ah. Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto uh, Maple Leafs and Kid <laughs> Rock. Two things Don Cherry can get behind. <laughs> oh yeah, Don Cherry. Is he he's done right? Like he's not. No, he's still doing Coach's Corner. They got rid of Nick Kiprios. So that's who they got rid of. Sure, and, uh, that's the person. Get rid of, yeah. of those two. Yeah, yeah, no, everybody. There, nobody's ever complained about Don Cherry. Don Cherry is a uh, he's good. Great. Everybody loves Don. He's a legend. Everybody loves him. <laughs> Do you remember that one time he said that smart thing? The thing that we all agreed on, and we're like, "Wow, that's really you're breaking barriers there, you know, Cherry." It was amazing. That was just like last week, so he's still doing it. Uh, did you watch any of the behind the glass? Unfortunately, I haven't. I'm I'm interested, but I don't have NHL Network, and I'm sure everybody just watches like pirated clips everywhere. But yeah, uh, I have not gotten to those pirated clips or however people watch things. I mean, we don't we don't know anybody who watches things uh, illegally on the internet. We we don't. No, people I, don't do that. I would never. I pay for everything in full. But some of the things that uh, I, I just some of the things from behind the glass were Av saying, "Be a fucking flyer." I thought that was funny. Or I thought it was fitting. Like he was doing a <laughs> introductory like uh, speech thing and then talking about like what he expects out of the team. That's how they should be honestly that he should say that before every game. That should be a uh, that should be the team slogan. Just be a fucking flyer. Can you see that <laughs> if they make the playoffs, can you see that on the playoff shirt? <laughs> be a fucking <laughs> Be a fucking flyer. Like there's there are twenty thousand orange shirts that just say "Be a fucking." Oh flyer. yeah, that actually that sounds way better than most of the shirts they put out over the past few years. Oh yeah, 
hungry for more <laughs> hungry for the cup i like it i like the uh when they amend a uh like a saying just to add the postseason like so hungry hungry for more and then it just became hungry for the for the cup <laughs> hungry like the flyers <laughs> uh and then episode two kevin hayes just pretty much dunked on uh new york kevin hayes been doing a lot of dunking on new york which uh I don't know if it's all for show or not. I don't know if he's doing that whole thing like when he first got here, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. Uh, he said in the second episode, I play for the Flyers now, and I want absolutely nothing to do with the New York Rangers. And then he also talked to Kimmelman again. By the way, this, all the information on this podcast is from Adam Kimmelman, so if you want to all thank Friend him. of the show. Uh, friend of the show. Yeah, probably. Be- well, actually, yeah. You should be on. We've got to get him on the show. He should be the third wheel here. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you want to get him on, you, you go ahead. <laughs> do the groundwork. <laughs> But Kimmelman stopped and uh, stopped Hayes and talked to him before the uh, Flyers Rangers preseason game, and he uh, pretty much just dunked on the Rangers for letting go him and VC. And then he said, uh, uh, "I'm sure it'll come back. It'll, it'll come back to them. We'll, we'll find out." Looking back a year ago from today, I was asking for things from New York that they said no to. When we went our separate ways in February, I'm excited with where I'm at right now. I'm playing with this group of guys and the team that we have here. He then uh, went on to say, "He went on to say." I mean, you can get good pizza anywhere on the East Coast. It's not just New York. What? Are you serious with this? There's 20 famous Rays, and none of them are good. Get out of here, New York. Strong words from Kevin Hayes. Yeah, he said, you know, there's got to be better pizza places outside New York. And then he uh, he, uh, watched some videos from the press to see where the best pizza places were on the East Coast. And then he uh, just went from there. So... Uh, you want to talk about the uh, Austin Matthews incident, or you want to get into hockey? Should we talk? <laughs> that's, that's I mean, a good way to put it. I mean, that's not that, really a good way to put it, actually. It's, it's a <laughs> terrible way to put it. it. Yeah. Uh, I think we can we can definitely talk for a few minutes about Let's Austin talk. Matthews just being like just an asshole. Yeah. Well, we can. Yeah. We'll you. We'll talk about Austin Matthews, and then it did lead into something from last night. So yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that, and then yeah, okay. So the Austin Matthews incident was. And again, you got to remember, we didn't record last week. This was a big last week. So we we're going to talk about it real quick. The This is from Pension Plan, uh, Pension Plan Puppets, uh, the lease website for SP Nation. Uh, they said the substance of the complaint is that this past May, a female security guard at Matthew's condo complex was doing some paperwork in her car outside the building at about 2 o'clock in the morning. She was bothered by the sound of someone jiggling at the handle of her car door. The person in question was allegedly Austin Matthews. And he appeared intoxicated as per the security guard. The guard stepped out to confront Matthews and friends accompanying him. Matthews apparently said that he had, quote, thought it would be funny, end quote. As Matthews left, he apparently dropped his pants to expose his underwear to the guard in something like a mooning gesture. And then apparently these are all allegations so far. Uh, I mean, I'll say my part first. I mean, it was a dumb thing. Uh, and he should have known better. And there's not really a joking matter and i know that might sound like that might sound obnoxious to some people but we're talking about four drunk dudes apparently trying to open the car handle of a female out in her car at 2 a.m in the morning uh, it's not really a situation as a i was scared shitless when a drunk dude when one drunk dude tried to jiggle the handle on my home like and get into my house let alone being surrounded by a whole team of drunk dudes at two in the morning it's just like yeah What bothers me with this whole thing is that he just doesn't seem to have any clue about what just what an asshole he was about this. Like what 
just yeah. how scary that whole situation is and just what he did. It, he apologized just like he apologized for for stepping yeah. off sides on a cle- uh, on a play that decided the game. Just like, well, you know, you got to do a better job, make the better decision. Like, no, there you need to much- realize yeah. what you've done and you you're out there terrorizing people. As, and I know you're you're drunk and young and all that, but it's not an excuse. And you need to do a better job. You need to be a better person, and you need to be legitimately remorseful. There's too many people out there trying to do the like, oh, boys will be boys takes, and it's like, no, yeah, no. Don't you see like how scary this whole situation is? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I was gonna say the whole vibe of his like, uh, well, first of all, this almost went unnoticed. Uh, I think. I think it was a Canadians fan or a Sens fan, apparently on, I think on Reddit, on Twitter, like discovered it, was looking up like his history and there was some charge back in May in Arizona. So I I think he thought he was going to get away with it. And then when somebody discovered it, he held like a, like the transcript from his press conference was very much, uh, it felt like he just wanted to get it over with. Like it was just kind of like, oh, this is not a big deal. I just want to kind of push through it. But it's the, I, I mean, it's, just a tough thing to do and i really i don't know any way this could have been funny and yeah so still too many people are coming to the defense of him and like trying to downplay it and one pretty bad comment last night was the jim houston comment when he was covering the leaf centers game and he went on this weird tangent about how he looks at matthew's situation now and he thinks back to patrick kane's situation in 2012 now again horrible person to reference in terms of coming overcoming all vice quote-unquote issues and everything but um 2012 was also was the wisconsin year where he went out to university of uh or he was out in madison and was like taking all those drunk pictures with like the sorority girls or whatever yeah and he like apparently came out and had a strong season after that and then jimmy hughes was talking about that's how you put a small problem behind you it's just to outplay it on the ice which is very it's a very tone-deaf thing because again this isn't this isn't a small issue like, it's not something that happened to Matthews that he's trying to work through. Like, he created the problem by himself. He created this issue issue that's surrounding him. It's not him going on the ice and proving that he can play through, oh, the, like, the stress. Or, of, yeah. uh, playing through controversy that he generated himself by being an asshole. Yeah, it's not really. Also just like to say, like, you know who's a good role model here? Patrick Kane. Yeah, of all people, like it was just the like, most. Are I, you kidding I, me? Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Minor transgression there. He just played through it, and everybody forgot. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so frustrating. And believe me, a lot of people have not forgotten uh, the Patrick Kane incident. And oh yeah, yeah. It, it was. I mean, it was bad, and I. I just the whole touching the door handle thing. See, to me, this incident, I think even if he was on the other side of, like, the property and mooned her, I think that would have been fine. It probably would have just been a funny story. But it was the whole idea of, like, like what was he going to do? Like, what was the joke? Like, that's the whole, like, what right, the fuck? Right. There's like, no- what's the joke? That you op- that you barge into yeah. her car and just like, scare the shit yeah. out of her and terrorize her? Like, I... I, I don't know what's just, the... <sighs> yeah, it's a weird... <laughs> it's a weird situation, but... Yeah. Um, and then uh, Houston said that stuff, but I was going to segue into that, uh, the start of the NHL season, Steve, because it did start last night. Matthews did have two goals. Um, and then what I thought was kind of funny, actually related to Matthews as well, was um, Scott Saverin, who you don't know, nobody knows him, but during the preseason, he was trying to earn a contract with centers, and during a preseason game, they were playing the Leafs, 
he got into it with Austin Matthews, and then Matthews pretty much made fun of him because he was trying to see his nameplate to pretty much say, like, who the fuck are you? And it became a whole thing. And then uh, Scott Cyborn scored last night in Toronto <laughs> in his first NHL game. So he got a little bit of revenge. I mean, the Senators lost, but it is the Senators. Like, what, what are we expecting? They're playing the Yeah, Leafs. yeah. Like, you know, there were some Leafs fans like, oh, oh Matthews going to score like 40 goals. Or uh, not 40, like like 70 <laughs> goals. goals. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they played the Senators. They're yeah. not good. And, and the Senators were up for a little bit of time there. Uh, yeah, because uh, Brady Kachuk apparently is leaner and more fit this year. They wouldn't stop talking about how much muscle Brady Chuck put on. They're just like, oh, my God, I can tell this guy works out. He has been lifting weights a lot, and we've been looking at him, and you can tell he's gotten stronger. It's like, all right, guys, why don't you quit talking about Brady Chuck so much? But he, I did enjoy okay. he's <laughs> He scored like 30 seconds in the game, and he body-checked Cody Cece, which is funny because, uh, you know, Cody Cece sucks, but now he's on the Leafs. And then uh, Alex Ovechkin scored last night, too. And I... That's a shocker. He never Do you scored. think – I was going to say, what – I'm pretty sure – I don't know what year it's going to be, Steve, but I'm thinking maybe like around the turn of the 3,000 century. Like 3, 000, the year 3,025. The NHL is going to be nothing but like robots, lasers, and machines. And then Ovechkin's still going to have like 43 goals. Like I feel like he's never going to stop scoring goals. He's going to score goals until the earth stops rotating. That's correct, my stance. Correct, on that. yeah. Like each year you can tell he's like he's got – Less hair, it's become whiter, and his his face. He's just you can tell he's emotionally drained. He's just like I, I, I score goals, and then he'll just go out and score like forty eight goals. Yeah, it legitimately <laughs> shocks me when I watch a Capitals game and he doesn't score a goal. The expectation yeah. is just always there that he's going to score a goal in every. It's, and it's still it still blows my mind that just him on the power play is one of the only things in sports that is. Truly unstoppable. I mean, he's been doing it for fucking 15 years now, and teams know that they're trying to do it, and they still can't get over in time. Like, he's still, I think, on a power play last night, he had three one timers that he missed the net, but they were all launched from the top of the, from the spot he always launches them. They're just, nobody can stop it. Oh, by the way, uh, Racket Goose last night, two shots on goal and a hit in 14 29 with, paired with Martin Ferraveri, I think that's how you say it, on the third pair for the Caps. So there you go. Racco Gudis update. Uh, and then and then that was for, I mean the uh, Oilers beat the Canucks. Tanner Pearson took all the shots in the world. He had 11 shots on goal last night. 13 shot attempts. And then uh, Connor McDavid still doing Connor McDavid stuff. Uh, I The Oilers are going to suck. You want to get to the season previews here? Because <laughs> I, I want to start making fun of teams. Yeah, because like the Oilers are going to both their teams are going to suck. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to be at the bottom of the divisions. They're going to be horrible. Let's, uh, let's talk about these teams here, baby. I, I like I. Sorry to keep harping on the Oilers, but sorry, not sorry. Ha ha. Um, oh, nice. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> the I just can't get over the fact that the Oilers traded Lucic for Lucic. I'll be honest with you. I think they got the better of that trade. I believe sure. it's not. Fuck yeah, it's it's a real trade to brag about. But fucking Christ Almighty, yeah, like that. It's like you got the better of two seven eleven hot dogs. <laughs> you got the one that isn't expired yet. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, this one doesn't have a hair on it. This one doesn't feel like it's going to give me food poisoning immediately. Oh, yeah. this one isn't secretly a cheeseburger. I, well, I'll say this. Considering that was like their big all-season move, that's bad. And they were playing with some guy named Joachim Nygaard last night, and then uh, another guy named Gaten Haas. Uh, if they're, that's a fake I, And they got Mike Smith, who... I, I'm pretty sure 
is already like a negative in terms of expected goals versus actual goals. So Gatenhaus, Gatenhaus is a Star Wars expanded universe character. <laughs> he was, yeah, they were like the extras in episode of one or something. It's just nobody. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the Metro first? You want to talk about the teams we know? Or you want to go? Uh, you want to start the other? Yeah, we can start with the Metro and kind of work our way from there. So uh, yeah, we've got. We got the Metro. What are your thoughts on the old Metro this year? Because I want to be optimistic about the Flyers, but I, I just don't think I don't think they're winning it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're winning the division. I'll go on a limb. I'll say. I mean, I don't think this division is as strong as it was in years past. But oh, no, I no, 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 no. Still think I the Caps are taking it. I I have the Caps winning it. I have the Canes second, and then. I mean, I guess out of half. Second. I mean, who else got second? The Penguins. The Penguins with uh, Malkin centering Tanev and Galchenyuk on their second line. I don't don't have much faith in the Canes. Oh no! no, no. Well, I mean, I'm at the point now with the Penguins where the thing with the Penguins to me is we're going to keep saying they make the playoffs until the year they eventually like don't, and they keep pushing that boundary of not. Sure. Like last year, they got swept in the first round, and then they traded Kessel and added Brandon Tanner. But it's not a. That's not something that experience may bounce back. Like there, uh, it doesn't mean. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying bounce back, but I just don't. I don't know, man. I just don't. I just. I don't really have that much faith in the Canes. I really don't. I, they have a lot of good parts, but I mean, I who's the net for them? Are they going back to Barazic again? Yeah, so they're going the Morazic and Reamer. So, look, they, uh, yeah, I guess really, the goaltending. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, not the yeah, hugest yeah. Murray I, fan, but I mean, yeah. he's better than that. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about the Canes second. I don't know about the Penguins either. I, I think the shit ass Islanders might be able to get carved no, out another see, one. Oh, man. I, I think the Islanders. Here's, yeah, the, this here's the thing the Islanders only really can do anything through having Barry Trotz as their coach and basically forming this defensive shell and Varlamov's pretty good, even though he's also a noted asshole. Yeah. Well, the whole thing too, with them last year was a lot of their success was based on the fact that Laner just bailed them out of shit and then they let him go. So I, and Varlamov's good, but I mean, you are putting a new goalie into that system and it, it felt like it felt like last year for the Islanders was all the effects of Barry Trotz, worked immediately and then they started they their record in like one goal games was really good i think i'm not sure about that one but then like the 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 other shit where like they just responded to getting scored on really quick i feel like that's not a thing that's gonna last for them and all their underlying numbers fucking sucked i don't know i don't believe in the islanders that much i'm gonna say that and now they will believe in the islanders here's the here's the part that really bugs me here craig is i can't necessarily say the flyers uh are gonna finish second in this division they probably won't but like oh i don't no, no, I don't think. But like going either. through all these, <laughs> these teams, honestly, I'm almost talking myself into it because, like, <laughs> I don't think Carolina's that great. I think they're they're pretty good. I just I, I don't know why I just can't really see them coming in second. They could again prove me wrong. Well, but... I'll I'll make the case. So the whole thing with the Hurricanes was they did get to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It's they've been decent for a couple years in terms of driving play. It's just been nobody's been able to make a save. Now, Morazic and company, if they're able to do it again. That's yeah, a that's if. a pretty big question. No, that's a big if. No, that is. But I think everything else, I, I don't know. They lost Falk, but they added Jake Gardner. And then um, 
who they add up they they added a couple people they added Zingle up front, right? Like they added they added to a team that reached the Eastern Conference Finals last year and they didn't really lose any major parts that make you say I can't believe they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well I well I yeah. And I'm and on the way there they edged out the team that I think we both are expecting to win the division. In a very close series, but they still beat them. Yeah. And then they took down they took down uh, apparently the new improved Islanders. So like I, I, I here's the thing. I again I don't really yeah. have much faith in this the i can't believe it honestly they all yeah. suck burn the division down <laughs> i was gonna say if the, if i believe in the penguins more there'll be it'll be caps penguins hurricanes i don't but, believe in the penguins but as I don't you either. said like until they prove me otherwise like right and they do still have malkin and crosby and as yeah. much as i hate those guys they're malkin and crosby they're still two of the, the right. better players in the division until Two better players in the league until I see otherwise. Also, and well, that, the thing you, with Malkin, you can't Malkin. Yeah, Malkin had a little bit of a he. He wasn't quite Malkin last year, so I guess you could throw into the mix for the Penguins is if Malkin rebounds, which I, I'm not really. I mean, I'm expecting the rebound. He's Evgeny Malkin. And let's but still, make this clear: I would love nothing more than for the Penguins to flat out miss the playoffs this year, and for those coleslaw munching. <laughs> to just be miserable all spring but i just don't think it's gonna happen but it could i i don't know like i i want to say to me it feels like the flyers could finish better than the penguins this year but again going into this season without actually saying the flyers on the ice that is an insane thing to say and because crossman malcolm for some reason always find ways to drag teams drag those penguins teams to the postseason even though they are they could be shit. Like last year, I don't. I, I really don't. They I don't think this iteration of the garbage, and they yeah. just find a way. Unfortunately. Well, and then the teams that won were garbage, and then Jim Rutherford was like, "What would be a bigger challenge?" And then he added Jack Johnson and Brandon Tanev. Like he's actively pushing this team away from the playoffs. Is my thing. And eventually, Crosby and Malkin are going to be aren't going to be quite good enough to cancel out the Penguins' severe lack of depth. I know because but we've been saying this for I knew, a while. I, 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 and I know, and I'm saying, I'm thinking this might be the season. Okay. It's coming. I, I, I hope so. I hope it's so. Not this year, it's next season. The Penguins are on the way out. Doesn't matter. They're not winning another. They're not. If they, I don't think they're winning the cup this no, year. You just gave a, a kiss of death there. You just I mean, guaranteed. We'll I'm, I'm putting money on the Penguins to win the cup because you said. I, <laughs> I mean, I, well, the thing is. Let's theoretically, you know, the Penguins might do Penguin shit and come out of the Metro, but then they're going to play like the Lightning or the Leafs or the Bruins in the. Oh, the Lightning! Noted playoff Maybe. performers. I, t- I, you know what? We did those. We did the staff predictions, and I think I had um, like fucking Tampa being Vegas in the Cup or so. I, I just had no confidence in it. I'm like, yeah, Tampa's the best team. I mean, I don't know who's going to be in the Eastern Conference Final, but I mean, Tampa's the best team in the league, so. We'll see what happens. They'll probably fucking choke again. But what do you make of the Devils huh? this year? The, the Devils are a huge question mark. Kid, for me. The Devils, the Devils and Rangers are teams that really helped their case for beyond this season. I think. Like I think Hughes and Kako are going to be big for those teams beyond this season. They'll have impacts this year, but I, I don't think they're good enough to really do damage this year. I, I think for the Rangers, like yeah, Panarin and Trouba are big boosts too. But then I don't like. I, What's their center depth? Speaking uh, of the Rangers, they're... by the way, did you see the clip of uh, Elias Anderson eating shit coming out for intros? 
Oh, no, I did not see that. I'm going to send this over to you right now. It is fantastic. Okay. But, like, uh, and I know Lundquist was off his game last year, and it could be good this year, but I think they, they're they too far into the middle of the rebuild to be a threat this year, I think. Like, I think the way they're building the team, the Rangers could be a real pain in the ass, like, even next year or two years from now. But I think this year, I think they're just too... They're, they're not know. nearly there. They're not fully formed no. enough. And yeah, like, you the, you can see what they're building, and it's Panarin gonna be annoying, and Kako but... are going to drive us insane for a long time. Yeah, and I'm and they'll be about it. yeah, and they'll be annoying this year. Like they'll probably you know win games. They'll be the main reason why they win a game against the Flyers this year. But I don't think it's going to be. They're not going to be the reason why they're at the top of the division. The Flyers aren't making the playoffs. I guess this year, yeah. maybe next year. And like the same with the Devils. Like Ugh. adding Subban this is... is just so frustrating because it feels like such a prime opportunity for the Flyers to yeah. to make the playoffs and really move up in the division. And I just you can already see the pieces crumbling and <laughs> uh, I don't want to be Devil. pessimistic, but guys, you're already making decisions that blow my mind. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and I mean, the, I mean the blue jackets, I'm, they, I, I don't know, I'm expecting them to really take a huge blow. I mean, they had, when you lose to Shane Panarin and, and Bravowski, you're going to take a huge, a huge dip. I just don't know how low they're going to go. Hello, um, and, you go. and also, I just don't believe in Corpus Allo. So no, that's, that's not helping me either. Uh, but how about how about this? For each division, we'll pick a team that we think is going to do better than everybody's expecting. A team we think is going to do worse than everybody's expecting. Like, for, so I think in the Metro, I think the hmm, I'll say, well, I'll say the Hurricanes are going to do better than I guess people are expecting. And I think the um, I, I think the Islanders are going to take probably the biggest fall. I think they're going to be the team that a lot of people are chalking up. Because you're not alone. I saw some other people throwing out predictions, and they had the Islanders like in second or third. But I... I literally I, don't know. I, I mean, like, I, I really don't know what... Um, I don't know what the, is there for the Islanders. I mean, they had a lot of guys on defense step up last year, too, that I really don't know are going to have the same impact they did. And they're, most of their offense is bars. Honestly, I, I think it's all the trots factor. I really think... It's the Trots factor. Yeah. So, okay. So you think they're a team. So the Trots factor for me, then, is are you picturing these like the old Predators teams? Like there are teams that are good enough to be in the playoffs, but then they're just not a non-factor in the playoffs? Correct. Okay. I can see that. I just don't think. I think this year, though, I don't. You know what? Fuck it. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's. I, I, that's, like, the I, Islanders I guess I'll the go with the yeah. Islanders here, but I don't. I, I don't. I can't really justify. It. I can't think of a good reason outside of Barry Trotz why they would end up there because they're yeah. not that good, and they shouldn't have been that good last year. And we we saw them get exposed eventually. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole thing with. So usually the teams like the Islanders. I don't know if the Islanders had a huge video good, last guys. year. Yeah, like there's there's always teams like that since the start of the advanced Saturday where like teams way overshoot what they should have been. Like the 2013 Avs, the 2014 15 flames like teams that in spite of how bad their underlying numbers are they like win a division or in the playoffs and then they usually get smoked in the playoffs and the next season they're a pretty bad team so for me it's kind of how the islanders feel feel this year was they were the the talk of the league last year wow they took away all these goals they went from the most amount of goals to the least amount of goals and robin laner standing on his head and barry trouts is turning echl guys in the norris trophy win and like and all this shit and it just felt like they overshot what they were supposed to be so now they're gonna painfully come back down there this season that's the feeling i get with the islanders and when i look at the underlying numbers 
the things they did this offseason and the skill that was already there, I really don't see like what. I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing, but we'll uh, we'll circle back around to this in March when the Islanders are like twenty and two in their last twenty two games or something <laughs> and blowing teams out. <laughs> Those lousy smart Islanders. I I just yeah. yeah I, I don't know what to expect. I think this division's kind of shitty. And uh, it's got a lot of potential, uh, but I don't think a lot of it's going to be filled, fulfilled. Caps win it. Who's in second? Dude, this is painful. I have no idea. Uh, if you if you really want me to guess, I'm going to say the Penguins, but I I don't have much Cavs. faith in them, but I'm going to go with it. Caps, Penguins, Flyers, top three? Sure. Let's go with All it. Right. And then, then Hurricanes. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Do you think a fifteen? I, I think uh, I think it's four and four this year. I think four teams come with a Metro, so, four come with Atlantic. That's the thing. The Metro is much more evenly distributed with talent, whereas the the Atlantic is insanely top heavy. What? Yeah, because it's you've got Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston. They are they're all really yeah. good teams, and then you've got like you got Buffalo and you got Montreal. Who are just kind of, and Florida, who are all kind of in between. I probably put Florida at the top. Of I think Florida team. would be towards yeah, be, out, out of I those mean, three. Mostly yeah. Coach Q, but also I mean they brought Bobrovsky in, uh, Barkoff, and uh, Huberdo, and they yeah have, they had some they have they some, some great people. players. Trocheck and Hoffman. I like uh, Hoffman. I like their goals. Yeah, Dadnoff. Nobody talk. You know, it's funny. Everybody talks about Barkoff, but Kenny Dadnoff is pretty damn good too. And really literally good, nobody talks about him. It's probably because he's a you know Russian winger playing in Florida, but oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't heard that story before. Yeah. <laughs> I I I do agree with you though. There is this is pretty like a pretty segmented division because I because you got I feel real like trash at the bottom. You got Detroit and Ottawa who suck. Yeah, Senators. I mean, Senators Buffalo have to finish sucks, but Buffalo's got some talent because of Jack Eichel. Uh, well, Montreal's he, got Carey Price and. That's they, there. the Sabres have a little more skill than some people are gonna, I guess, I think recognize it. They have they have Darlene too. They do have Casey Middlestad who's that's looking true. pretty good. Um, and then, well, I mean, Connor Sherry's looking good tonight, but that's Connor Sherry. Connor like, they, Sherry. I think they have a, a little more skill than you would think. I'm not expecting anything out of them. I expect them at best to finish fifth in the division. I think the top three, I, I can't really guess how they're gonna play out because I mean, the lead, I, it's gonna be the least Bruins or Lightning though. I. I mean, we're talking about regular season success. We'll say the uh, I can lightning. Tell you it's going to be lightning in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll say the Leafs are second, and then uh, and then the Bruins will be third. But uh, I mean, yet again, the Leafs and Bruins are almost at the same level. Yeah, and they again, uh, these three teams. I'm trying to think of uh, unless there's some. I mean, the Leafs made some some changes, but they didn't really lose that much overall talent unless there's a glaring i i thought the kaji for barry trade was pretty good and barry looked pretty good last night he had a pretty good play to set up uh Ilya mekahev i know his name put it down there whatever but uh i mean dice and barry looked pretty good um and they and they somehow managed to keep keep everybody get martyr on a contract and then uh, they traded Garrett Sparks. Who the fuck cares about that, though? Um, like, yeah. And, and the least, I mean, the Lightning did the same thing. They traded Adam Ernie, but they also kept, uh, managed to keep Brandon, uh, Brandon Point. And then they also, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk already scored tonight, too. Like, I think that's a signing that. Oh, my God. That, that could that, be a disgusting signing because. Yeah, that's one of those rebound signings that nobody really is talking about. But if he that's somehow. That's like a Patriots signing. 
Yeah, he has uh, sucked pretty hard the last uh, little while here. Or I shouldn't even say that. I don't know. He just I think wasn't. the thing is, like, he was being leaned on New York to be the guy, whereas in St. Louis, he had Petrangelo to really just kind of be the dude, and he could just score goals and get, rack up yeah. assists. And Cause he really here he's got a hell of a defense around him that he can really work with. Yeah. Yeah, he can afford to be that third-pairing offensive guy that takes chances in a limited role. Yeah, like so that could be. Yeah, he didn't really do much in Washington either. I know he had that overtime winner, but besides that, he really didn't do. He didn't really do shit. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm and I think Vasilevsky. By the way, I, I put in here the goalies here article from the Athletic where they put Vasilevsky at one. Like, it's so annoying how on paper, like the Lightning should just be walking away with cups here, and they just fucking get swept in the first round. Like Andre Vasilevsky at this point. Like, Hedman is maybe the best defenseman in hockey. Andre Vasilevsky is probably the best goalie in hockey. And then you have Stamkos and Brandon Point and Kucherov up front. Like, what? how are you losing? Like, what? Like, what? what's happening? I don't uh, understand. But, and Florida, um, I mean, Florida looks good tonight. Again, it's one game. I, I really don't know what to expect out of them. I think they'll be better, but I just don't know if it's going to... I don't know if it's going to matter. I mean, I think it'll help them get a. It'll probably help them get a playoffs, uh, a wild card spot. But I don't know. If they're not going to dislodge one of these three teams at the top. No. So I mean, they, it's either a wild card spot or nothing for them. Which is kind of. I mean, I think they are going to be pretty good in the next couple of years here because the people who just listed, and then Buffalo should start making a push here soon. You would imagine, but it is Buffalo. Canadians. I think Canadians are my pick for the team to make the biggest step back here. Oh, I think so. I agree with you there. Uh, it's just because they had a lot of things have? to go right last year. Well, they had so I mean, well, first of all, not much, and then <laughs> the things that they do have, like they, they had go Drew right last year. Brennan yeah, Gallagher scores a lot of goals well, every year. They have Druin, who I think fans are getting tired of and want to trade. Oh wow! Uh, and I think and it was, I think Bay, it was by the way, play. Tampa Bay made out real nice in that trade. Yeah. No, yeah, they did. And, I mean, I was a big fan of Druin, too, at the time. Oh, yeah, I, I was but... thinking, like, oh, they only got Sergachev for him, and, and Sergachev yeah. looks great, and Druin's yeah. never quite. And the thing is, they wouldn't be able to afford him anyway, because just based on how that roster, I mean, they just played. They just somehow only paid Braden Point six and a half mil a season on a bridge deal and because they get that tax advantage, and they're also the Lightning, so it's like, don't you want to play for a winner? And, uh, yeah, so that's a that's the thing about Druin is uh, I mean, well, well, with Druin and Max Domi and Shea Weber and Carey Price and these were all guys last year that pretty much performed as well as they will and could for the Canadians, and then the Canadians still weren't good enough to get into the postseason. Now that's vision, and all that's happened since then is the top three teams stayed the same, the Panthers got better, and maybe even the Sabers got better too. So. I feel like they're going to regress to the mean while the division also got more difficult. So I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be, I wouldn't expect to take things out of them. I think they're probably the team in the division that's going to take the biggest step backwards. And then the clear choice to me is the, is the Panthers, but the Panthers are, are so intriguing because they've got a new coach. They got coach Q. They've got a new goalie in Bobrovsky and they have, I mean, Barkoff, they have Huberdo. They Trocek. Trocek's great. They uh, have, but they have um, Hoffman. Like, they Dadunov. have a lot of good pieces down there. Dadunov, yeah. 
Um, and they have a weird defense because Yandel's still rocking it down there, right? Yeah, and Yandel's okay, but definitely not. Yandel's worth, okay. Worth the contract. And who, who's the younger defenseman down there that's never quite? Ekblad. Yeah, and and Ekblad is. Yeah. He's not quite the stud. I think everybody expected at this point, but he's still good. Yeah. But he's just not. I think people were expecting stud status by now. I think he. I think he. His. I don't think he's the best player driver, but I think he is still. Yeah, I think he's still fine. But I mean, like overall, like they should be. They have enough pieces down there for if if coach is going to go down. Or if coach Q is going to go down there now, they should be. Just call him coach now. He's just coach. Yeah, just good old coach. Sound like we're pals. We're just hanging out on the weekends. <laughs> just coach. Just uh, me and coach get our uh, mustaches waxed. And... <laughs> I would like to spend one week following around Coach Q to see what he does. Like just living beach style. Like just hanging out on the beach. Wearing Hawaiian shirts, baking like drinking like big like margarita drinks. He definitely has Coach a newspaper Q. at some point in the day. Oh yeah, pro- oh yeah, definitely. Probably takes a nap on the beach, get sunburned. This, this feels like old guy stuff. That would be a, a good time just hanging out with Coach Q to see what life is like on the beach. Life moves a little slower when you're Coach Q on the beach. But oh yeah, the uh, and then uh, Chikrin, the older Chikrin's on like the Panthers uh, broadcast team. I was watching that tonight. Good old Ed Jovanowski and Jeff Chikrin are Ed breaking down. Jovanowski breaking down Panthers hockey. If you want to hear some, I'm sure you know in depth break hockey uh, analysis. But that's what people, there you go. That's what people in the Miami market are looking for. They are <laughs> looking for in depth Panthers analysis. I will say. With the division two, I am kind of, I am, I hope the Panthers turn out to be pretty competitive because I think the idea of a Panthers lightning rivalry to me is just fucking funny. Like oh, it would, it would crack me up if those two teams just became like the powerhouses of the East. And then we had to hear the Canadian market, like all of a sudden just kind of <laughs> like give credit to them instead of just like, like it, the Habs fans and the Senators fans just going, Oh my God. <laughs> Why are they good? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how many more years of pure misery the centers have to go through before they can, before they're not going to be like the doormat of the league. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're definitely there this year. I think it's going to be a couple more years. It's going to be a few more years. Yeah. I I mean, I don't. Buffalo has been actively trying to climb out of that with one of the better players drafted in recent years, and they're still not as close as they should be. Yeah. Uh, And they. Players drafted in recent years. Yeah. And I, I think they're slowly they're slowly adding enough pieces though that they will you know I can see where they're going with it I don't know what the fuck the Senators are doing I mean I blame a lot of that on Melnick and company but I I, I wonder like they're I feel like they're going to be like this until Melnick is not with the franchise anymore which um, I mean who knows I don't know when that's going to be but anyway let's I don't stop think anybody knows yeah, let's stop talking about the depressing ass Senators There's no time that needs to be spent on the Senators this season but there are plenty of teams in the Central. That should be talked about, Stephen. Well, there you go. Segway Central, yeah. Um, who do you have coming out of this division? Because I have, I have, I want to say the Avs, and I want to say that people are sleeping on the Stars. Those would be my I think two people are sleeping on the Stars. Uh, they had some interesting additions. Uh, Corey Perry is such a a weird one that could completely blow up in their face or could work out amazing. Yeah, Corey Perry and Pavelski up front. Pavelski, um, I think, was just a great addition. I. I yeah, I know. I'm a I'm a big fan of that, and I think they have, uh, and their defense is really good. 
And the system under Jim Montgomery seems like it suppresses shots pretty well. I, I think Bishop had really good numbers, and I think uh, the team overall just didn't allow as much as they usually do to get to their own net. So if that repeats this season, Heiskanen's another year older. Um, they still have Klingberg on defense, too, and um, they have plenty of offense. You know, Pan- I mean, uh, not Panarin. Um, well, they got Jamie- Bishop. Jan, uh, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan didn't really have the best seasons this year either because, you know, they got called out by. Oh, yeah. And then, so those guys bounce back too. You know, you add on another 20 points to their totals from last season. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The Blues to double overtime in game seven. And then Patrick Maroon scored. So, you know, the teams are pretty close. Just saying. Pretty, pretty, pretty close. What? I, you know I, I don't have win, winning this division because I'm a hater, the Blues. I I really don't I don't know what to make the Blues. I still I, don't understand it, Craig. I still I don't, don't understand how the St. <laughs> Louis Blues won a championship. I I do not understand it. I am number one Blues hater. I I don't hate them. I just don't understand them. Yeah. Well, I I, I think the big question. It's got to be Bennington. It's a big question. I just don't think he's going to do what he did last year. Yeah. So I think he's a. I think he's a, he's probably going to be the reason why they aren't the team that they were last year. Just because he's going to be Jordan Bennington now, and they're going to get league average goaltending, and then all of a sudden they're going to lose about half the games they were winning last year, I think. But I do... I like your Avs uh, pick. I like your Avs pick for ballsiness, and I, I like the, the Stars as the team that people are sleeping on. But I almost well, wonder if the answer is more obvious than we might be giving a certain team credit for. I... I I kind of think the Preds could just be back at the top of that division anyway. They could be. There's not necessarily a solid... Re- and they're not the most exciting team at this point out of the whole division. I, I think Colorado is maybe your sexiest pick out of the bunch. But, like, I mean, I mean the Preds, I mean, they've done a nice job in that division for years now. And uh, My, yeah. I don't know. I, like, they're not exciting at this point. But, I mean, My- they're always up there. My thing with the Preds is I'm, you know, I didn't really look at their offensive numbers. I got to look at that. I know they had the atrocious power play, which, I mean, P.K. Subban probably was helping a bit, and then they traded him away. It, it's, I don't know. Like, the Predators, yeah, they probably ship in higher, and I kind of sleep, I think I am kind of sleeping on them going into this season, but they, I don't think they really were, that great scoring goals last year. And uh, Dante Fabro, I mean, he's going to be good. I just don't know if he's going to be what P.K. Subban's been the last couple of years immediately. Like, I think their defense may have taken a little bit of a hit. And Duchesne, Duchesne's going to help them offensively. I just don't know if it's going to help them. I don't know how much it's going to help them offensively. They, they were good win last, the year. last year. That's yeah, the they thing. did win the division last year. I, and so then I they don't lost think you can sleep on them, but yeah. a big loss, and they really did not get anything for him in that trade. You know I and also, I think there's there's like major storylines with every other team in the division, kind of. So I'm not really, or no, not really. The teams at the top, like the Jets. The Jets are another team I would have put higher, but I don't know what the hell is going on with them. Like they're weird as hell. Well, they lost some big pieces too. Well, Truba, like Truba moving is is a is a big loss for them. Not gigantic, but I mean, it's a, it's a loss of a good player. Um, who are the other pieces? Um, well, and then they don't know if Buffalo's coming back. And Myers left, which Myers isn't great. But still, if you lose three of your starting six defensemen from the previous year and two of them were good, yeah, that's got to have a huge impact on your team. And we don't know if the the, the, the better defenseman, the best defenseman of the three is going to retire yet. But, 
you know, if he's not on the team, and they kind of stalled out like around game 50, 55 last year in terms of driving play. So you're going to bring back a team that just pretty much fell off the face of the earth towards the end of the year with half the defense that was there last year on a, I, I, that, and the organization has to be in a weird point right now because it sounds like line a doesn't really want to be there long term. Yeah. Based on some, and then like they had to sign Connor right for the season two. Like they just have a lot of stuff going on where it feels like I wouldn't be surprised if it took a step back. No, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I want Who else? Yeah, and then Chicago. I mean, Minnesota is going to be in last. This is, they didn't do anything I, to improve Chicago the team. Chicago, Minnesota are just not. Nope. Yeah, and Chicago, their defense has been. I mean, Seabrook's still there. I think Duncan Keith's starting to lose a step. Um, they added be there until the end of time. See, see, yeah, Seabrook's going to be in like, Chicago have until Ovechkin there. still scoring goals. I was going to say Seabrook's gonna be left <laughs> whatever got... is left of Chicago. I was going to say Seabrook's going to retire at the year that Ovechkin finally scores under like thirty goals. Which will be like thirty ninety one. And they're it's like, I wrap it up. Thirty ninety one. Alex Ovechkin <laughs> has scored only twenty nine goals, and Brent Seabrook <laughs> is still in Chicago. Gary Bettman the fourth just like, are you fucking done? Because I can't do this. I can't. We need new players. <laughs> Ovechkin just like a one thousand year old robot. Just can't quit the league. But that's when Seabrook. That's when Seabrook's contract runs out. So yeah, and the Blackhawks. I don't. They. I like Corey Crawford for a while, but I think he I think he might be shot. Like his his the injuries may have all caught up to him and I don't know if Robin Lehner's gonna have the same season he had the year before. I mean, you're gonna go from maybe one of the most defensive systems in the league to uh, a team that just wasn't really a pro defense last year. And then uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Blackhawks are gonna do anything. Uh, what do you so what's your what's the team that you think is gonna do better than everybody's expecting? What's the team you think is gonna have the biggest drop off? Uh, Avs do better. I guess the, actually maybe the Stars do better than everybody. Yeah, I think because I think people I think, expect the Avs to do well. Yeah, I think people. I think there's a lot of hype on the Avs train this year, which is, I, I mean, it should be. I'm gonna go with the Preds. I I'm gonna go with the Preds uh, winning it though. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Um, you know what? You talk about. I'm gonna go with the Preds winning it. I think the uh, not the Avs. The I think the Stars are gonna be the biggest surprise because, like I was saying, I think I could. I think the Stars legitimately could make a deep postseason run and maybe represent the West. Maybe. Uh, and then I, I want to say the biggest fall-off is going to be the Jets. I think they had too much turnover. They potentially could have a lot of turnover on the blue line, and they kind of stalled out towards the end of last year. So I don't know if um, – I don't know what to expect out of them. But we'll see. Uh, Pacific is oh, – it's probably the grossest division out of the four, I'd say. There's, yeah, I mean, you have the Sharks and you have the Knights, and then that's uh, that's, that's it. it. I mean, that's 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 pretty much it. I mean, it's uh, well, the Ducks are gonna suck. Who's the Kings are gonna the suck Ducks at this point. I mean, I know they have Gibson, who's one of the best goalies in the league, stuck on one of the worst teams, but well, that's pretty much all I gotta worry about. I mean, that's that's it. The Coyotes are still in the NHL, still in Arizona, despite everybody I thought, wanting them gone. Yeah, and the Coyotes were gonna be. At the beginning of the offseason, they were like my pick to make the postseason. I was like, wild card, but I really don't. I don't see how they're going to do it now. But I don't see how they're going to do it just because of, uh, I don't think there's going to be enough spots. Like, I think five teams can come out of the Central. Yeah. I think in the Pacific, it's going to be the the, the Knights, um, the Sharks, and the Flames. But, like, this division, too. 
Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to think of people in the Ducks. I'm like, I'm blanking right now. It's like Ricard Vakel, uh Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm. It's like I feel bad for Gibson and Lindholm, and then everybody else. It's kind of like Getzlaff still there, still losing his hair. Getzlaff still there, bald as fuck. It's going on like three decades of being bald. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing is just looking at his draft day picture, and like he had. I'm pretty sure he had like blonde highlights, and now he's just like, yeah. <laughs> now it's just. Now he's just shaving his head every day. I was like, who wants uh, to get a shot after work? <laughs> yeah, so the Ducks are going to be fucking unbearable. Uh, the Kings, they're, they're, gonna, they're, they're not going to be there. that much better. They're still there, yeah. and they still have the same roster they had last time they won a cup. Kopitar, Dowdy, King, or Quick. I mean, yeah, Quick had Carter. a fucking horrible year last year. Carter had a horrible year last year. All those guys are starting to... Uh... You remember a couple years ago when we were talking about how the Kings were kind of fucked in terms of contracts? Yeah. Now we're... Now we're like three years later, and those contracts are finally starting to come back to us. It's uh, now the fucking. Yeah, the fucking is now taking place. <laughs> the fucking has uh, arrived. Uh, and then Edmonton, we already talked about how Edmonton is going to be. Well, there's yeah, Connor McDavid. Do you think? Do you think a Connor McDavid trade request will ever come? Uh it should. <laughs> it should. I don't know if it will. I don't think it will, but it should. It should. I'm contemplating whether or not it will. I don't think. I don't think it will either because it just doesn't seem like his personality. However, he's an uber competitive guy. I feel like eventually, after the seventh season of this, where they're like, "Hey, it's we got you a winger." <laughs> they're like, "We got you a winger. You're gonna love it." Here's Eric Fair. He's gonna be like, "All right, you know what? Can you fucking trade me? Because this is I've I've had enough. Like I've you know I'm kind of good at hockey. I feel like it's eventually gonna get to a point where they you need a winger. It. It's yeah. like four years from now. You need a winger. We got this guy, Jake Voracek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you were talking about how you need some help on the wing. Uh, we saw Teddy Purcell wasn't working. We were like, we're gonna give him a call real quick. We're gonna admit him there. So there you go." Teddy Purcell's on your wing now. I think they actually did try for Teddy Purcell. That sounds sure. right. It sounds right. Yeah, so, but uh, I Lucic back. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, shit. We actually. Oh no, you're right. We did have this guy. Sorry about that. Sorry, Connor. <laughs> they trade for James Neal. It's like, oh no, we did this too. All right. Oh god. Oh god. Uh, have we tried Wayne Simmons yet? Okay, Wayne Simmons. Vancouver. The Vancouver Canucks are a hockey team. Yes, and that is. They have some good hockey players there. And then the Besser, rest of the team. Patterson. Besser, Patterson, Hughes, uh, Horvat. Um, and there's probably somebody else I'm forgetting. Sure. Uh, all pretty good. Adler? And if they had. Uh, no. No, I'm not thinking Adler. No, he's old as fuck so. now. Yes. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, they, they have plenty of good young players there. And they keep adding young players because they keep missing the playoffs and getting like top 10 picks. I wonder I wonder what the thing is going to be for the Canucks to finally turn it around. I don't think this is the year they make the playoffs. But they're eventually going to keep adding enough young pieces that they're going to be good enough to push into a wild card spot here. It's not going to be this year. But Sounds they're they're checking like along. They need to add like a a crafty vet, like a an AMAC type. Put them over the top. I think they need some grit up front. You get a big power forward looking for some work. Maybe a guy by the name of Chris Stewart. Oh. So you package the rights to Chris Stewart's PTO and the rights to Valerie Vasiliev. You send that over to Vancouver. Get like a nice third round pick. Steve, how's that treating you? 
I'm thinking. I'm loving. I'm thinking that works for all teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have Chuck Fletcher's number, or do I need to email? Oh, you, we'll you know, I can slide into Chucky Two. Yeah, it's Chuck Two. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I think uh, good old uh, our, our friend of the show Bob McKenzie was done doing his uh, podcast. Oh yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Fly I don't think killed we it. talked. I don't think we talked about the fact that we basically made him quit his podcast. But yeah, we talked about the Bob bump. <laughs> Can you? I wonder if that went through his mind. He was on his podcast reading the description of Fly Purple and in the back of his mind he's like, I'm, I'm fucking done. I'm not doing this. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm, are you serious? It's what people... All right, I, I'm it's just called Fly Purple. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? I, I'm done. I, I, that's it. Bob's done. I did want to say, too, Calgary... I don't understand what Calgary's approach was to the offseason because they won the division... They got outplayed by the Avs pretty much due to nothing but speed. And then Brad Trey Living was like, let's get gritty. Let's get as physical as we can up front. Fucking signed Zach Ronaldo. Brought on Tobias Reeder. Brought on to, uh, I think they brought on Devontae Smith. Oh, no, they were trying to bring in Devontae Smith. Trey for Luchik. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but Ronaldo. I think. Yeah, like I think out of this division. I have actually gotten to talk about this on the show yet. The Calgary Flames actually brought in Zach Ronaldo. Like, they, yes. they signed him. Zach Ronaldo. Actually, yeah, let's run through the PTOs real quick. So, I know, bro. 32 PTOs were given out this summer. Only two are currently in limbo, according to Cap Friendly. Of course, another one, Chris Stewart. And apparently, Lucas Pisa is still with the Islanders, but hasn't signed yet. So, might be another former Flyer uh, signing out there. But, yeah, Zach Ronaldo and Tobias Reeder have signed in Calgary. One-year deals. How the fuck... Is he still getting contracts? It's amazing. It's amazing. I, 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 Calgary just I said, you know, we've got one of the top scorers in the NHL. Let's screw it up. <laughs> Let's fuck it. Yeah. So uh, also adding in terms these all these signings are are kind of hilarious. Michael Haley to New York. Uh, Alex Petrovic in Boston. Uh, Frederick Clayson to Carolina, which again, nice, crafty, small move. Nobody talks about, but he. Can drive play in his limited role. Very smart move by Eric Tolsky. I uh, would love to work for that organization. And then the other one is Scott Sabrin, who we already talked about. So those were all the uh, PTOs that signed. But yeah, Zach Ronaldo still getting fucking work in uh, 20, 2019. So we'll see if. Uh, you think he breaks 10 goals this year? Yeah, sure. Does he have 10 goals it? in his career? Well, Steve, that sounds like a question we're going to answer right now. Ronaldo watch. It's been a minute since so we've done a. Uh, since uh, done a Ronaldo watch, Ronaldo update, and also it's been a while since you've been aware since you've looked up stuff uh, on the podcast. This is also my favorite part when I just hear you uh, looking for shit. <laughs> I think my pick for you biggest drop off. Better, you need to kill time better. Is what, that's what yeah, I, I was gonna, yeah, no, yeah, I got to become a better uh, podcast. You got to yeah. do a better job. I think the Flames are the team that's going to take the biggest step back here. All right, Greg, how many goals does Zach Ronaldo have in his career? Uh, total games like 110 or something. 151. <laughs> um, nine. 15. Oh, oh shit! He's got 15. He almost has the he amount. Actually of had, he actually had five goals for Arizona. Yeah, I do remember saying that in the year that he like also decided to just sucker some sucker punch somebody like the day before Christmas in a game. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was filled with the Christmas it, spirit and said. <laughs> just out doing ZR stuff, just Ronaldoing out. Yeah. So, uh, 
but yeah, I think the Flames are taking the biggest step back, and I uh, I really don't know who I picked to take the biggest step forward in this division. I mean, I would say, the best say teams the are teams that were already up there. Yeah, so yeah, and for you know, that, I'm I guess I would with, say I'm going to go with Vancouver. Oh, yeah, I that feel like the talent Van- is coming into their own, and oh, that's a nice bullshit narrative you just threw out there. That's what I'm good at. Me and Sam and Sammy, we just come up with bullshit narratives together. Hey, Slam and Sammy did actually provide some somehow valuable information for tonight's podcast. That's with the true. Po- the, 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 That's which true. He's I, also still nice writing game. about Kate Smith. So <laughs> that that too is true. Yeah, he's still he's still out there doing that. Which uh, you know, I'm glad everybody's dropped that. Uh, but the uh, I don't know. I, I want to say the Golden Knights are going to be the team that will increase them because they're going to be good again, but I think they will. I'll say they win the division this year. I think so. I, like I think they win the division. I think stone was such a, a great addition for them. I don't think great addition. Yeah. Just having a full season of him is going to make a great difference for them. And yeah, also, I be... feel like San Jose losing Pavelski was a big deal. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it will hurt them. Yeah. I, I just think they still have Carlson and Bird on defense. I don't know. Their defense the whole... is going to be good, and the division sucks, but... The thing with them, too, is Martin Jones scares the shit out of me. I don't... Martin Jones scares the shit out of me, and Joe Thornton is almost as old as oh, his beard is long. Yeah. Is as old as his beard is long. <laughs> but they have plenty of... Like, Thomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer are two guys that are pretty young. They're and a those. lock for number two, but, like... I think it's just enough to hurt them from winning the division like they always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. No, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm with, I, I think, I mean, the the thing, the big difference for me between the, the Golden Knights and the, the Sharks for when it comes to winning the division is the goaltending. Because, like, Martin Jones had, he had his moments in the playoffs last year, but then he also um, had his moments in the playoffs last year. Like, he is a guy who routinely last year calls the Sharks games. So if he's able to just be league average the whole year, Okay, like I then the sharks become more dangerous to me, but they, I don't know. He he's not the guy they traded for, and they apparently were, yeah. And, and maybe Aaron Dell gets more work this year. Maybe he'll uh, have a bigger impact there. But we'll see. Uh, who do you, so you got? We got Vegas, the sh- Sharks, and then yeah, the Flames. Um, and then uh, yeah, that's our. So who do you think is going to make the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals? We'll do that. Hmm. It's a tough one. I want to say Tampa Bay, but you know what? You burnt me enough. I, yeah. I don't want this to happen, but I'm going to say the Leafs make it. I think they get over the hump a little bit. I don't want this to happen, though, because <laughs> I have no love for the Leafs. I don't... The Leafs. Uh, I, I don't... The Leafs with a V. I think the reputation of Kyle Dubas as a, a genius is vastly overblown. Oh. Vastly. Oh. Va- oh, oh, you signed the best available free agent? You're a genius. Get out of here. <laughs> Welcome to the Steve Smackdown. Kyle Dubas, get in line. Coming after you, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Kyle Dubas is a nerd. I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna go. I guess Leafs caps. I'm gonna. Get, I, I mean, I'm going Lightning caps. So yeah. Okay. It, it's kind of Leafs caps. I mean, either way, that sounds entertaining. It is kind of surprising how often I didn't think about how the caps are kind of set up to get to the cup. Like, because again, they they should be the favorite in this division. 
And then the other team should beat the shit out of each other in the Atlantic, Atlantic. So then it's a little bit of an easier road once they get to the Eastern Conference Final. I don't know. Atlantic. And they did beat. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know Atlantic. what I can say. That. Ants wedding. <laughs> Atlantic. They should beat the shit out of each other at the ants wedding. <laughs> at the ants. <laughs> but uh, hey, my ants wedding is gonna be a real shit show. Sounds like the Delco proper wedding. That show from way back. But uh, I what I have in the West, I have. I'll say I'm, I've been talking Dallas. I'll go Dallas. Ooh. Uh, Dallas and the Knights. It's a spicy meatball. And then I got I'll Tampa be, uh, being the. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't get my West. You didn't get my West prediction. You get your West in there. Get in there. Face. Drexler. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm not sure how it's gonna work out, but uh, Avs Knights is what I'm going with. Okay. Don't and ask me then, for the logistics on that. I just pulled it out of my ass. That's fine. I mean, I'm going with Stars Knights. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Knights over the Stars and the Lightning over the Caps. And then I'll go with the Knights over the Lightning. Lightning are going to... Maybe this will be the season where the, the Lightning do that thing where they do pretty well in the postseason. And then they get a series lead and then they uh, just screw the pooch. So they'll go up 2-1 over the Knights in the Stanley Cup final. And then they'll 2015 it and lose. That'll be my prediction. To the lightning. I guess I'm going Knights Leafs and Heartbreaker for Toronto as the upstart. Knights beat them out. So I guess we're both going with the Knights, even though I don't feel confident in any of this. I don't either. I I really I'm not gung ho about the Knights winning. I'm just looking at a recent playoff success. I guess like I, the best teams are teams that routinely collapse in the postseason. So it's a weird hockey's getting fun when it comes to predicting a Stanley Cup winners. <laughs> Because, like, I would easily pick the Leafs and Lightning, but and I did, but I just have no confidence in it at all. And then out west, I really don't know what to make the central. Like, the Pacific, I don't know. The Knights are pretty damn good. Like, there's really not too many flaws with that team. So we'll just see how it pans out. You want to, do you want to do the goalie tiers? You want to get right home in the bullshit? You want to get into the bullshit? Yeah, we can get into the bullshit. We could do the, the goalie tier some other time. I'm fine with that, uh, just because we've, uh, you know, it's, it's been going on a while. I know we owed the people a, a nice long episode, but... Uh, and we're going. Oh, yeah, we're getting it in. So, I want to do... Okay, so I'll do the uh, do the Cole Beasley fantasy update real quick. Uh, of course, we missed two weeks. Over those two weeks, he had 15 catches oh, on wow. 23 targets for let's do 123 yards. Uh, what in a, a couple week, of weeks for the uh, president know. of the United Hate of America. Yeah, it's a strong week, strong couple weeks. Got Tennessee Titans on Sunday. We'll see how it keeps going. Josh Allen might be out, so if you got Cole Beasley on your fantasy team, aka my team, which is aka Chris Stewart is definitely making this team. Uh, he shouldn't be in your starting lineup. That's my Cole Beasley uh, fantasy update. Uh, and then Steve, I still want to, I still kind of want to do this, even though it's become a little bit uh, dated now. But you want to do the. Uh, you want to talk about the tat guy from the Packers Eagles game? Oh and, yeah, the tat guy. And then do the uh, yeah. We, we can and do the power we, rankings of the tat guy real quick. I got a I, picture I, of the tat guy, but yeah, I was gonna say this is something we definitely gotta do. So the tat guy, I think his name is Dumphy. That's I think I found him on Twitter. Got famous because uh, a picture of him was shared before the Eagles Packers game on Thursday night, and uh, he's got he's got some tats, and I can count. One, two, three, four, five, six, 
a seven, and I want to give him power rankings. I think, I mean, number one is obvious, but the other ones, uh, we're gonna have a little, uh, a little bit of conversation about because some of them I can't. So the Philly fanatic on the belly button, the hawk screaming carrying the ninety-five logo, the eagle, the eagle, the eagle. What the hell am I saying? Oh, yeah, the Eagles. hawk. What, are you, what do we got? St. Joe's guy here. Am I right? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah, that's Philly, uh, and then uh, no, seventeen seventy-six. It's on the border. It's on the border. Uh. But closer to Nova, so I'll give him credit. Skyline. <laughs> so it's the got the Skyline. clutching 95 yeah. logo. It's got the, the Liberty Hawk Bell. 1776. It's got uh, the Skyline. It's got the Fanatic over the belly button. It, I believe that's an Arctic Splash uh, container. The uh, the old iced tea. <laughs> oh, okay. These are all, right. all on this guy's belly. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right on the belly. And then I can't find a picture of it, but he has a We the People tat on the left arm, which I feel like looking at this gentleman and thinking about what the We the People represents, I think I, 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 that should quietly move up the power rank, is my opinion. If this dude's got, you know, a huge piece of American history on his body, it's kind of funny to me. Like the guy that has the Philly Fanatics, like, trunk as his belly button. <laughs> Was also like, yeah, can we get like, yeah, just we the people right there? This is literally the most <laughs> Philadelphia thing I can think of. It's combining <laughs> history with the Philly fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just met Gritty dressed as Betsy Ross two weeks ago. It's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. You can mix. Yeah. Uh, but number one, though. I mean, number one's it's fanatic. Gotta... I mean, the symmetry <laughs> with the belly button, it's like looking into a black hole. Who it's who thinks of that? Like, who is like, you know what my belly button should be? The fanatics knows. Let's do it. A true Philadelphian thinks of that. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, the And then I can't, I don't know if I like the Skyline more or the Eagle carrying the, 95, the I-95. Once the Skyline's filled out, it might be better. But right now, the Skyline's just a sketch of the Skyline. I think the Eagle carrying 95 is uh, very good. Yeah. Underneath, yeah. So uh, you can't go wrong with the Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell's always good. It's classic, yeah. But it's not. I mean, yeah. But it's not. The, out of all the tattoos here, that's the most mundane thing. I think. I think so. I like considering the skyline looks like it's falling over, and also it looks like, like a, Arctic Splash, for instance, is like one of those weird, like deep cuts Philly references there. <laughs> so that should probably be third. Probably, yeah. And then. um yeah, and then we'll go with the lower bell. So this is a this is the fun here. <laughs> this is good stuff. I yeah, just love guy. that this guy is overnight like he overnight became a celebrity because he was shirtless at an Eagles Packers <laughs> game, and then just like drunk. that Sunday he found himself at Philly's the Phillies last game of the season on the dugout with the fanatic. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. The fanatic was like naked too. Oh, they, undressed shirt off, yeah. they undressed each other. It was very sweet. It was a big week for us, or like uh, Philly social media. That guy, that guy the uh, catching babies on like Aguilar guy, and then the uh, oh my did you God, see that the... guy was a, that guy was great too. No, that guy was a ball. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, the we, great. We were catching save... those babies, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> when you can save babies from a burning building and also dunk on the Eagles for drops in like the same, that's I mean that's poetry in motion. That that's, is amazing. That's, like that's yeah. that's like that's like saving a child from a fire. And then making a Jeff Carter like high and wide joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knew I had to run back there and help out, you know, back check on my Jeff Carter. Like, no, a guy it, takes out like a sniper and he's like, 
Yeah, I actually made the shot, unlike Jeff Carter. <laughs> and then also after these two guys, did you see the guy the one guy went on the um Oh my god. Went on the uh I think it was the Walt Whitman. No, it was the Ben Franklin. But they threw a marshmallow down to his friend that was at the bottom of the bridge, like on the ground, and they caught it. What? I missed this one. Yeah, it was a I. It was a whole. Thing. He got up. He got up on the bridge, and they were like talking. That there was like a, a guy on the bridge, guy on the ground, and then like the buddy recording on the ground, and like the heavy guy on the ground. She's like, "Yeah, he's gonna throw a marshmallow. See what happens." And then he just pegged it down there, and it was like a fucking hundred yard throw. It was something obnoxious where there's no way anybody should have caught it. Yeah, and then they like all lost their shit. But that was that was last week too. So that was all Philadelphia, and uh, yeah. So there you go. That's big, all big Philadelphia week. is a crazy, crazy place, and I love it for that. Now, speaking of crazy, do you want to do the mascot showdown? <laughs> we can we can right run now. through the mascot showdown real quick. Okay, I gotta pull up the because uh... so, <laughs> this was something. Yeah, this to me for when we thought we were doing two shows this week, and we were gonna try and pack more nonsense into one show and more season preview into the other, and instead you get we can save this for next week. I mean, should we do that? I don't want to. I don't want to run through this right now. I want to save this. For okay, next yeah. Time. Let's save that then. I want this to be. I want this to be something we pick out. I don't want it to be something. Yeah. That's so true. I'll save we, this. We want to savor this one. It's it's a fine wine. Yeah. It is not yeah. a pounder of Bud Heavy. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say we also want to. We got to keep the. Uh, we we got to fill these uh this space up that would have been used for the uh, the big U. So we got to make sure we have enough bullshit until like January to please the people. So you know carry this over into the next episode and then people won't focus on the bachelor update all right so craig what i what i want to know from you right now what i want to know from you is do the philadelphia flyers make the playoffs your opinion as of today oh i as of today um i say they do i don't know i say they do you're saying yes. uh, yeah i think I think the roster is improved from last year. Uh, I think things look right now heading into the first game. Things are not where we want them to be, but I think having uh, a vet coach and a little bit more experience with the coaching staff and also Carter Hart and net and maybe a little more defensive minded players on the blue line players. Like I thought the team towards the end of the year last year needed a player like Braun or Niskanen that kind of cleaned up a lot of the defensive zone miscues and kind of got the puck out. So I think Braun can do that. And yeah. uh, I think the other more mobile blue liners will kind of handle the rest in terms of uh, breaking up zone entries and getting the puck out. So I think, I think they improved the roster, maybe not by a ton. And I think uh, you take out all the goalie mishap. I think you have a playoff team. That's I mine. I, agree. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling somewhat confident about them as of today. I think there's a lot of question marks, but I think the division is in such an odd place that the Flyers could take advantage of that and uh, really, honestly, even get a decent playoff spot. They could finish second in this division. I see there's, I see they no could. reason why they can't. A yeah. lot of it, there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, obviously the defense needs to stay consistent and healthy. Carter Hart's got to have a big second year. And... I mean, you just got to get your usual production from Giroux and Couturier and Voracek, and those are some of your biggest factors. And, I mean, the the Hayes addition really has to make that much, yeah. of, a difference, that no, much the, of a difference from the last couple of years. 
Yeah, the Hayes the Hayes edition up front is huge too. I, for some reason, whenever I think of like the Flyers team being improved, I really only think of the defense and offense. I mean, defense and goaltending. But yeah, Kevin Hayes up front when Nolan Patrick is healthy should be a huge boost to the offense that we haven't seen in a while. And they should be able to run. They should be able to run four capable lines. Hopefully, whenever Patrick comes back, and then we don't have to deal with the, uh, you know, theoretically Pitlick or somebody like that on the fourth line. So, well, I mean, the, the, I think the team is better, and I think, like you are saying before, the Division Two is kind of in a weird state. And teams that the Flyers over the last couple of years have kind of had to battle for these spots, like the Blue Jackets and Penguins, may not necessarily be that big of uh, an obstacle right now. So who knows? Yeah. Like this, who knows, I, I don't honestly, know. Who knows is really the, the word here. My, the phrase here because yeah. it's, there's no way to tell. The, there, I think the most of the division is so close, so even, there's not a good way to tell. And it, it's a kind of a, a toss up, but it's a good opportunity for the flyers that they really should take advantage of. And I think, I think it'll be a big disappointment if they miss the playoffs again this year, I think there's no reason they should miss it. And Oh yeah. I think it's a huge year for the team because if they, I think if they miss it this year, you're going to lose a lot of fans. I, I or not lose fans, but like people are really going to be, it's not going to be the they're same. Gonna old be even more checked out and they're pretty yeah. checked out already to be honest. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, it, it's, it's a tough time to talk flyers to people. Yeah, and I mean, there should be, because the avenue they have left to get the people excited is there's a new GM, new coach. They had all these new pieces. It's not going to be like last year. So then if they come out and they perform like last year, I, I don't know how you're going to bring them back in for next season if, that's, if that happens. But to me, there has I think a lot of things have to go wrong to get there. Like a lot has to get to where the Flyers, a lot has happened for the Flyers to get to the point where they were last year. Like I, I just don't see the same thing happening in that. And I think they just have better, like the players we're upset about now are just better than the players we were upset about last year. Like Forinsky being on the roster, maybe isn't ideal, but I mean, I'm taking that over Latera or Weiss or Foline or any of the other like bottom of the roster players we had last year. So I think it has, I think they're better. That's uh, the answer to this question. The 10th time I think they're better. <laughs> That's your two cents. <laughs> That's my two cents. <laughs> That's your story, and you're sticking to it. I'll stick it to it, yeah. Now, do you think they want a playoff series? I want to say yes, but I want to say yes. Too, but it it depends know. on who they play, to be honest. Like, and I, I don't know, man. I really have to see this team in action uh, before I can answer that. In yeah. Previous years, their their biggest problem is playing their in division teams, like the Penguins and the Blue Jackets. Like those are teams that they just well, for some reason can beat the Caps, obviously. It's yeah. really tough, and those are the teams they're going to have to beat because of the current playoff format. It's just how it is, and I'm going to have to see them in these in-division games, see what kind of adjustments Big Al and the ass crew makes, and and I am sticking with that. That nickname is uh, here to stay. Oh, no, it's catching on. People like it. Yeah. People love it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I want to say yes, but I really – that one I'm going to need more data on. I just – I don't know right now. All right. And uh, sure. okay, Czech Republic tomorrow, maybe today, depending on when you're listening to this. Do the Flyers start off on the right foot in front of Jake Voracek's home crowd? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I'll be, 
I'll be I'll be the contrarian here. I think they do. I think they pull it together. I think Jake has a, a huge game in front of his friends and family. And uh, dare I say, dare I say, three point game for Jake. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. I like that. Yeah. I I'm saying I'm only saying no because it feels like things are leading to an opening day loss. Oh, and there's it so definitely much... feels like that. And again, yeah. I wish I had my recording from earlier this week because it was rantastic. Oh, yeah, you were definitely, yeah. <laughs> and like it, no, because you were leading up to probably some of the things I was going to say. But like, yeah, it was like, it feels like t- tomorrow, today, whatever. Uh, it feels like it's leading up to a loss. Like all the stuff with the roster has got people on edge. It, it feels like a game that, you know, everybody's going to be watching, and then if the Flyers lose, everybody can go same old Flyers, and then same like, old Flyers. So then I think they'll just recuperate and maybe make those roster moves you want to make with Fairby and Myers coming back up, and then they'll start looking better the next couple of weeks. Like it'll be very fitting for them after a whole off season of, well, are the Flyers actually getting better? Is this the same old team? And all these questions, everything for them to come out and lay an egg in the season opener would be very fitting to fuel the whole the same old flyers crap if you know what i mean so like i feel like that would be the most likely outcome because that's just been like what the flyers have been the last couple of years whatever whatever way it feels like a game could go where it would cause the most amount of like overreaction on twitter or something that's usually how it goes oh yeah <laughs> so uh, i imagine a game tomorrow where they lose like four nothing would Ooh, be like a whole like four nothing, where like they probably played really good in the first period and just couldn't solve Corey Crawford or something, and then like a weird play happens where Hart's not used to the sight lines and lets in a goal, and then everybody's like, "Oh my god, here we go again!" And then they just same yeah. old Flyers. Yeah, so that's the confidence I have going into the year. <laughs> I think, but I think they'll. I I think everybody'll just be bummed out for like between you know tomorrow and then the Devils game, and I think they'll start turning around. I mean, like, be my it, uh, that's such a large gap between that game and the Devils game, too, which <laughs> is just time yeah. uh, lots of time to chew that over. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, and then, I mean, yeah, so the thir- Wednesday is a real season opener, actually, because they're in they're in Philly. Oh, and just then, in uh, time for a boring 2-1 to loss to the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, so I guess we're doing, are we doing Thursday next week, then? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, but Steve, uh, you want to wrap this uh, puppy up? You want to do around the league real quick? Do around the league, and uh, you can take us to Flavortown. Oh, baby. All right, around the league. So, Lee Stepniak has announced his retirement from the NHL. 469 points in 911 games. Very nice, nice. amount. And nice amount of points. Uh, 14 seasons. 10 different teams. Steve, are you looking at the sheet, or you want to take a guess? 10 different teams. Jeez. Um, just, are you really giving me the Jeopardy music here? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm making sure there's not it's a lot there. Stepniak, right? Stepniak. Yeah, Stepniak. Yeah. He was on the Blues at one point, right? Yep, one. You know, Bruins? he's Bruins. Yeah, you're two for two. All right, get, get, I'll take one more guess. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are a lot of. No, there are a lot of teams near that were like filler too. You want me to just go through them? Yeah, just go through them. Blues, Flames, Leafs, Coyotes, Bruins, Hurricanes, Penguins, Jets, Rangers, Devils. Completely forgot who's a Penguin. Completely oh, forgot wow. the Coyote. Yeah. Uh, Eric Rabba also has announced his retirement. Forty-three points, two hundred eighty-nine games over seven seasons with Ottawa, Edmonton, and the Devils. 
Alex Brinkin stays in Chicago for three more years, six point four million a year starting in twenty twenty. Uh, Darcy Kemper stays in Arizona for two more years, four point five million a year starting in twenty twenty. Antoine Bibeau was traded from the Sharks to the Avs for Nicholas Milache. Hopefully, I'm getting those names right. Who knows? Eric Stahl named Carolina's ninth captain in franchise history. Jacob Slavin and Jordan Martuna named alternate captains. By the way, I don't know if we slipped that in there. Uh, Kevin Hayes is also named an alternate captain, but we'll we'll talk about that later on. Carl Dahlstrom and Eric Conroy are claimed on waivers earlier this week. Dahlstrom is a 24-year-old left-hand defenseman going from the Hawks to the Jets. Conroy is a 24-year-old goalie from Going from the Jets to the Coyotes, Thomas Harley is a left, uh, left-hand defenseman taken 18th over by the Stars in this year's draft, signed as ELC. Uh, Samuel Pauline and Nathan Laguerre, who are both uh, draft picks of the Penguins from earlier this year, have also signed their ELCs. Jacob Pelletier, a uh, pick for the Flames in the first round this year, also signed as ELC. Uh, Dan Girardi also announced his retirement. He had 16 points in 62 games last season for Tampa Bay. 927 games over 13 seasons between the Rangers and Lightning. Uh, Islanders started working on their 1.3 billion Belmont Park Arena. Uh, we'll see. Why? Nine- yeah, so a big question: Why? And then also, uh, it's going to be right in a couple of years. You know, just in case the Islanders are are still there. But we'll, we'll see. Be, like, I, yeah, that's a, that's a big <laughs> if. Like, I just 19,000 seats, and uh, Listen, there's there are three teams. There are three teams in that market, and. People really only give a shit about the Rangers. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, uh, it is kind of fascinating that the Devils and Islanders have kind of like hung on for this long, and they're more successful. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> for I know, but it's just like I, honestly, yeah. I kind of love it because, like, I obviously hate that the Devils have been successful, but like the inferiority complex that devil's fans hold towards every other team in this area is amazing. Yeah. Like they just despise Philadelphia Rangers. I don't think they really care about the Islanders, but like the fact that they're, they're chanting against these teams at any moment and just, Oh, it's, it's so great. <laughs> Uh, I, I do, I mean, the thing with Devils fans is they usually get knocked off kilter when you talk about, like, the parking lot parades. Like, they usually they they usually don't have a comeback for that. It's usually go to. Yeah. Um, and uh, Brandon Davinsky out indefinitely with a wrist injury. I don't know if I just said that. Uh, Stu Barnes, John Goodwin, Dave Hunter, Ulf Samuelson, and Kami Granado have been hired as Seattle's first pro scouts. Kami Granado, the NHL's first female scout. Uh, Sidney Crosby's number 87 to be retired across the entire QMJHL starting next season. Crosby sucks. Crosby yeah. sucks. Yeah, he fucking sucks in junior, so I don't know why he was drafted. Uh, sucks. And sucks. then apparently, and Steve, you know what jokes come when I say this. Uh, the NHL announced on Monday a two-year partnership with Green Day that could also bring with it a new anthem similar to what the NHL had with Hank Williams on Monday Night Football. Now, today is October third, going right, into don't October fourth. Right <laughs> I was going to say. It is the beginning of October. We should wake them up. Like, it's not September anymore, right? Like, they should be. Give us the real long Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a basket case, and this whole podcast is dookie, so I'm not really... I don't want to go on too long, so... <laughs> we got them in there! Yes, that's right. We jam-packed them in there. Guys near their 30s that like music. Yep. We know Green Day, fellas. And yep. ladies. And everybody. <laughs> I was alive in the 90s. I don't like that. I 
I'm laughing at the idea of a Monday Night Football thing for hockey. Like, I'm just picturing Yank, Hank Williams just screaming Wednesday night, rivalry night. Rivalry <laughs> night! All my All friends! My rowdy friends are getting ready to have midweek drinks and go to yeah. bed on time. <laughs> ready? Get ready! Blues! Wild! Are you ready what? to go to bed at 11? <laughs> After having two beers with your friends, a modest amount for anyone. You I got hope. a little buzz on. The time is ready. The night is right. All my moderately routed friends are here for hockey on Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then the last two pieces from the, around the league that I, one's entertaining and then one's pretty good. Just a, uh, a good bit of news, but the Senators apparently have signed a partnership with Lyft, which is funny because if you remember last year, the video came out of them in the Uber. So you know, oh, you get yeah. it. Yes, yes, the the irony of that. Well, shit. <laughs> and then uh, the most important bit of news here: uh, Blues superfan Layla Anderson has received a Stanley Cup ring, and uh, there's a video of that going around where Colton Pareko and Alex Dean show up to her house and uh, present her with the ring. So you should probably go watch that. Uh, unless you're in public, because you probably cry, but it's a pretty good video. And she was at the game on Wednesday when the Caps won in overtime. Jacob Verana, little fast guy. I want him on the Flyers. It's pretty good. Very cool that. move by the Blues there. I, I really, yeah. that, that's a great move by that franchise. Yeah, it's a very good move. Yeah, it is. Uh, but she, she's hilarious. She did like an interview with Veronica, and she was uh, she was talking about the players and everything. I know she's great. She should just. I don't know. She should be going to every game for them. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if that's in place yet. Hire over Ronick at this point. Yeah, or that. Yeah, may as well. So that's uh, Stephen. That's around the league, though. So uh, around the league. we are. I mean, I'm thinking when we come back next week, uh, everybody's going to be bummed. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Well, we'll that's see. what we got to bring. We got to bring the nonsense. We got to, you know, we bring. Gotta the make... We bring the batch. We bring. Whatever crap we have to, we gotta <laughs> we gotta raise the spirits back up after the Flyers let us yeah, all down. We could dump on our yeah yeah, so we gotta do that. Yep. Well, welcome to another season of Fly Purbly talking Flyers hockey for four <laughs> hours at a time. I'm very excited to be back talking about this. And if you Damn. have feedback for us, guess what? The best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can find Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and I actually do have stuff that I will be writing this week. So the Central Preview will be out uh, on Pro Street Hockey today. I still want to get that Junior Seasons article done by Monday. And then on Monday as well, that should be the first edition of the line-by-line report I'm going to try and do, which is after each regular season game, I'm going to try and go in and decipher what shots, shot attempts, whatever happened on the ice with uh, which lines were on the ice and then uh, just provide more analysis of the game with, uh, I was going to put in a section called the little things after each line and talk about the little things that the players did during the game. So like, you know, good back checks, good, uh, dump ins or good puck retrieval, shit like that. I'm going to try and track that throughout the season. and kind of put them in those articles. So hopefully, hopefully Monday's line by line is pretty good and everybody enjoys it. And then, uh, there's no problems going forward with it, but well, we'll see. Just disappointed that it's not called Line after line. <laughs> Just put the opening lyrics from the song in there. I think so. I think yeah. that's the way to go. 
I'll, I'll, I'll run it by Steph. We'll see, what she, we'll see what she says. She'll be fine with it. Yeah, okay. she, yeah. If I know Steph, oh, I've been fired. <laughs> she loves punctuation and headlines. So that's a, uh, if any more writers. Colons, more colons. Yeah, if any writers at the site are listening, make sure you do put some periods, some commas in there, apostrophes. Put a semicolon in there. Just fuck, live it, live it up. And no. when you ask these questions, make sure to at the entire channel. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, I enjoy that joke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's what's going Listen, on. With me, as the Dave. guy as the guy who gets pinged for literally every Steve mention, <laughs> when half the flyers are called Steve by the blog. Oh yeah, I also made the mistake of uh, well, I didn't make the mistake, but I my name's Craig. And, uh, you know, Craig Brewery gets mentioned every once in a while on that ch- uh, Slack chat. So I'll get like pinged in the middle of the day and it's just uh, a picture oh, yeah. of Craig Brewery's face. And I'm I like, got All pinged right. for Steve Mason <laughs> midway through the, the show. Yeah, you also have Steve Hartnell, too, which is another. Uh, Steve Hartnell, another Steve Hartnell. Mason, and yeah. of course, everybody's Steve, uh, the Toronto sports writer. Oh, God, Steve Simmons, yeah. Steve Simmons. The Steve Simmons ones are always the ones where I'm like, oh, Jesus. Is he still is he still doing that thing? Is he still I have up there? No idea. Any of our Toronto listeners that don't exist want to answer that. Please, uh, <laughs> let us know on Twitter. You can let Craig know at Sports Are Bad. You can let me know at Flyperbole or at Estebomb. But you know, make it Flyperbole. Also, yeah. Any Leafs fans who weren't who didn't turn off the podcast after I said the Leafs were Kid Rock, the Kid Rock of the NHL. If you guys didn't turn it off at that point, let us know what you're thinking. And yeah, uh, and also the cool. ones who didn't turn it off when I said that Kyle Dubas is not a genius. Oh yeah, he's a nerd. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. Nerd. Doubt we have least fans, <laughs> just based on what we're doing here. But we'll see. I, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. <laughs> be sure to follow BSH Radio. Be sure to follow Broad Street Hockey on Twitter and like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, and uh, rate review on all of your favorite podcast services. All those fake ones, all those real ones, whatever they may be. That's all. We're done. We've spoken for about 16 hours, and who can talk any more hockey? I certainly can't. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!